Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Pastor Ben Pitney is back and he has a message titled, The Next Generation from Psalm 78 verses 1 through 8. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. Today, we, we're, you know, we want to talk on this day. There's a lot of things we can talk about, but I want to talk about children. I want to talk about parenting for uh, several reasons. Part of this parenting presentation, it's birthed out of some convictions um, I have, our team has, our staff has, and we've had this for a long time. And I don't know if you were maybe a part of that in the church you grew up in where you, there was a baby dedication. We have a Kodak picture of all of that. And um, those are kind of cool moments when you look back over your, your, your life with your kids and church and your family. And uh, I believe that the church should be um, a, a, a really big uh, central um, place or hub in your life. But I believe that God should be the center of our lives. Um, and um, because of that, he has laid out in the Old Covenant in the, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, things that mirror each other regarding teaching and training our children. And it's, it's central and key to the church. It's key to parenting. It's key to you, mom and dad, and your, your responsibilities, our responsibilities, and our mission and our mandate. You know, whenever you um, really draw the truth out of the, the text, out of the Bible, um, what you will find is that the Bible is not about us. It's about God. It's a story about God. It's teachings about God. It is truths about God. Everything is actually all about God. And so everything, because everything is all about God, then everything that he's created is to feature and to showcase actually who God is. And parenting and our children are uh, the same way. So we're going to look at a psalm in the Old Testament, Psalm 78. So turn to Psalm 78, and um, we're going to read just eight verses and draw the truth out of the text. And I think the implications regarding the church and regarding parenting are pretty significant. And this is a really good day to talk about this. Psalm 78 in eight verses, just read along with me. This is one of David's guys. So David writes, King David writes a lot of these songs, but this one's not written by him, by, but by one of his guys. And so this is what he says. He says, pay attention, my people, to my instructions. Listen to the words I speak. I will sing a song that imparts wisdom. I'll make insightful observations about the past what we've heard and learned, that which our ancestors have told us. We will not hide from their descendants. We will tell the next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts, about his strength and the amazing things that he's done. He's established a rule in Jacob. He set up a law in he set up a law in Israel. He commanded our ancestors to make his deeds known to their descendants. So that the next generation, children yet to be born, might know about them. They will grow up and tell their descendants about them. And then they'll place their confidence in God. They will not forget the works of God and they will obey his commands. And then they will not be like their ancestors who were stubborn and rebellious, a rebellious generation. A generation that was not committed and faithful to God. 
So there's some pretty cool things. Maybe you've um, experienced this. Have you ever seen a sprinkler on some grass? I know we live in Tucson, so we don't see a lot of grass. We don't have a lot of lawns. But maybe you've seen this where there's a there's a, a lawn or a patch of grass someplace, maybe a park around Tucson. But, you know, the sprinkler, um, all around the sprinkler, it's brown, the sprinkler works and it's shooting water out and everything and it's green out there, but around the sprinkler, it's brown. How come that happens? It's because the, the, the sprinkler is shooting water past all the stuff that's really close, right? So a good sprinkler system, not to get too technical, but a good sprinkler system actually overlaps so that you know one sprinkler is hitting maybe where um, it might shoot over the grass. So a good way that sprinklers should be designed... They, they, they overlap to cover all the grass so that some of it doesn't turn brown. And so I, I, this is kind of the, 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 uh, the way I believe God has, what, what God has in mind when it comes to parenting our children. I think that uh, parents are primary stewards and agents of teaching and parenting and training and disciplining, all right? But um, the, the household of faith, the new covenant household, the new covenant church has a lot of responsibility regarding the next generation as well and parenting. And like I said before, there's the old covenant before Jesus, the Old Testament, and, and God imparted all of this instruction and wisdom in the Old Testament in the old covenant. But this is one of these areas where the old covenant and the new covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament mirror each other in responsibility regarding children. So we want to look at this just a little bit because the new covenant community, the church, is actually, I think, described as spiritual guardian, a spirit, the spiritual guardian of children. You know, there's a reason why the largest budget or piece of the budget of Vail Christian Church is about children and teenagers, we invest more money in children and teenagers than any other thing at um, Vail Christian Church at this point. In fact, this whole building right here, this is all temporarily occupied by the adult worship service, but it's really designed for the future to be um, a facility just for teenagers and children. All You know, when we built just the first phase of this building, um, we said, what's most important and all these classrooms over there, all, all 10 classrooms are designed for children. This room is the future of youth ministry. And so um, I, I believe we, we need to start thinking about this actually a little bit and get on with it so that we can get out of here and, and let our teenagers and our children take over this but that's going to take some work. That's how important this kind of thing is. So John the Baptist, you know, John the Baptist was this precursor. He, he, he paved the way, so to speak, for Jesus and the new covenant community. And so John the Baptist is an interesting guy. But if you, if you study the life of John the Baptist as the new covenant community, the church emerges through Jesus. John the Baptist commanded those in the old covenant community to be baptized as a sign of entering a new spiritual community of repentant people. So they were 
he needed to help them understand that the new covenant has arrived and the old covenant and the way and the signs and the way we go about things and think, we got to do things different. So he commands the old covenant community to be baptized as a sign of entering a new spiritual community of repentant people. We believe that this is what Jesus continued and commanded as a church. This is why Peter stood up at Pentecost at the birth of the church and he said to 3,000 Jews that understood the old covenant, he said, repent and be baptized. The new covenant community, the church, is not something that you can be born into according to the flesh, like the old covenant. It's something you're born into by the Spirit. So the evidence of this new birth is faith and repentance. The sign, the sign then, that you were a part of the old covenant community in the Old Testament was circumcision. And the sign placed upon the believer in the new covenant by the church in the name of God is baptism. So it's physical in the old covenant and very symbolic, physically and physically symbolic in the new covenant. So how do our children fit into the new covenant community called the church? If they're not members by virtue of their spiritual birth, how do they fit in? The way I I, want to put it this morning is that the children of Christ followers are wards of the new covenant community. They're wards. They're our responsibility. They're trusted to us. The church, the spiritual guardians care for them while they await the day that they come to faith in Christ. They are in um, a kind of community foster care at the spiritual level. All these kids that were up here this morning. Very clear biblical obligations attach us to our children, not because they are covenant members before they have faith, but because God gives us special mandates and purposes to lead them to faith. To be born into the new covenant family does not make you a member of the new covenant community. It makes the new covenant community the spiritual guardian of the child. So that's what I want to talk about today. That's the truth that we want to draw to the text that we're going to draw to the text. It's actually really clear. So there's enough overlap between the old covenant and the new covenant that the same crucial crucial things are required in actually both. So I just want to outline God's purpose for parents and the church from Psalm 78. And it's, it's actually amazing, and it applies across the board, whether you have children or not. It applies to single people, grandparents, people that don't have children. Everybody has a parenting, actually, responsibility, not just mom. Not just mom. Here we go. Here's the first purpose that you can draw out of the text, the truth out of the text, the excellence and centrality of God. Look at verse four and the second half of verse four. Look for yourself. I'll put it up here, but I'm going to talk about why I don't like to put this up. The second half of verse four says, we will tell the next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts, about his strength and the amazing things he has done. So you read that, right? The next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts. All parenting 
discipline, training, teaching from Christ followers, it actually should begin with God. It should be begin and end with God. There is one unchanging reality in the world, and that is God. Everything in parenting and training comes from him because everything is for him. So we mentioned this already. Everything is for God. He is the first and the last and the center of parenting, disciplining, discipling, training, teaching. He's the main thing in how you raise children and teach children and discipline children. It all begins with God and it is all built on God and it is to be shaped by God. If there is one memory that our children should have of our families, of our church, of the household of faith, of the family of families, that's the church. If there's one memory, it should be this. They should remember God, that God was first. He had first place in our lives, that God was central. He's the center of everything. There was a passion. They should remember that there was a passion for the supremacy of God in everything. Now, my children are grown and married and out of, they're gone. They're a long ways away. And, you know, you, you never think about that when there are these little boogers running around on the stage and you're like, oh, my gosh, sit still, right? Keep your name tag on. Tuck your shirt in. Your shoes are on the wrong feet, you know. You just don't think about how far you, you, you are. And I'm telling you, there's something that should be stuck in their memory later, And here it is, the centrality of God. Now, let's keep moving on because here's the second purpose that you can draw out of this text. God's purpose for us is parenting. Protect the installment of God's truth. Here it is. Look at verse 5. He established a rule in Jacob. He set up a law in Israel. He commanded our ancestors to make his deeds known to their descendants. So the Hebrew word here translated law, it, it, it is Torah. Torah means teaching. So God's told a story and and God has taught some things and we have that story and that teaching in a book, the Bible, okay? The Bible is the way God, the ultimate and all-important reality, reveals himself to us with clarity and authority today. That's the way he reveals himself to us. If God is more important than anything, then the Bible is more important than anything but God. So God is most important and central. And then it, and then it is his word. Because the implications for this in parenting and the new covenant guardianship, they are actually staggering when, it, when you think this through. That's why Pastor Ben harps on, I don't like putting the scriptures up here because it makes you lazy, I think. And you begin to think that the Bible isn't something you even have to bring to church. Because I just do it for you. It's bad thinking. It's bad thinking. Because here's what it means when it comes to the scriptures in the Bible. It means the Bible will be the center of all that we teach our children. It's not going to be one book just among many books. It'll be the central book. All the the all permeating book. All other books will be read in light of this book. All books will be judged 
by this book. All books will find meaning in, the, in, in our worldview built by this book, which means that this book must be known first and known better than all other books. And believe me, your children won't love this book, know this book, unless you love this book and know this book. And the second thing it means for us is that there's a record or a story of truth to pass on to each generation in this book. Now, Paul tells Timothy, Timothy some things. Timothy is his protege. He's the guy that he's grooming to take over for him after he's gone and dies or gets too old for whatever. So he says in 2 Timothy 1.14, he says, protect that good thing entrusted to you through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. What's the good thing he's talking about? It's all in here. Protect it. Guard it. That's the task of parenting as well as the covenant community as a whole. Protect or guard the sacred good thing. Protect the good thing, the installment, the record, the teaching or the story in this book. Preserve it and transmit it to the next generation. It can't be done without the book. It's got to be central. God has to be central, but this installment of God's truth is right there. Let's talk about teaching. This is next purpose. Teaching. The third part of God's purpose for us as parents in the community. Teaching. So verse 5 says, he established a rule in Jacob. He set up a law in Israel. He commanded our ancestors to make his deeds known to their descendants. So we're commanded to make the deeds of God known to our children. It's not enough to preserve and to protect the good thing or the truth in the Bible and then tell them that it's there. We're commanded to teach it or make it known to them. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, don't, do, do not provoke your children to anger. No, 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 but raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We're to instruct. That's what teach means, instruct. We're to instruct them in the story and the truth and the teaching of God. And he, here's a huge training implication because training is different than discipline since the story Truth and instruction of God is in a book. This means that we're going to need to work hard to teach our children to read and study. In fact, among all the things that you can and should teach your children, I think reading may be the most important. And reading is not a simple thing, actually, when you think this through, right? It includes recognizing the ideas that are attached to symbols it includes understanding how those ideas fit together in an author's mind to make a message. It includes thinking about whether that message is true or not or learning how to read. It, it just never stops, does it? There's always room for improvement in how we read. And the main incentive to grow and improve in our reading is that God, uh, that God who created the universe, who made all all things and who loves us and plans our future has his story and truth laid out in the Bible. And you cannot find all that and know all that unless you can read and are encouraged to read. We're encouraged to read so many things. Oh my goodness, right? Let's talk about this fourth 
purpose, learning and knowing though. It's the fourth part of God's purpose for us as parents and as a church. And it's that our children are to know the story, the truth, and the teaching of God. Know it well enough to tell it to the next generation. From our teaching comes their knowing. Verse 6. Look at verse 6. So that the next generation, children yet to be born, might know about them. They will grow up and tell their descendants about them. So you might think that this point is virtually the same as the one before right? The teaching one. But they're not the same. Teaching is not the same as learning and knowing, is it? And the distinction is important for at least two reasons. A, we cannot make our children learn. We can't do it. We can make ourselves teach for sure. But we can't make them know. Knowing is a, is, is a treasure. The kind of knowing God has in mind here is more than just mere memory or raw mental awareness. That's not it. Knowing is seeing into the real beauty and truth and embracing it for the treasure that it really is. So parents and church can't make that happen, actually. We can do our best in putting uh, God in the center and loving and praying and teaching. We can do our best at that. But in the end, there's a, there's a canyon between teaching and knowing that only God can carry our children across. Which leads to this second thing here. All of God's purposes for our children grow out of knowing. So the other reason for stressing the difference between our task of teaching and their responsibility of knowing is that the rest of God's purposes for our children grow out of this knowing thing. The final two stages of, our, of, our, of, of God's purposes for us as, as, as parents and as the church are the, the product of this stage of knowing. Here it comes. Ready? Verse uh, number five. Children put their confidence in God. So it's the fifth part. The fifth part of God's purposes for us in parenting, that, that our children place their confidence in God. Verse 7, it says, then they will place their confidence in God. So God has a record. He has a story. There is truth and teaching that he's all pulled together so that there might be an installment of reliable truth that we might teach it to our children, that they might know it and embrace it. Why? So that they might place their confidence in God. And, I, and I, I really believe this with all my heart. A lot of this has got to be modeled. Has got to be modeled. That's part of our teaching. Your children will never love God's word unless you love God's word, in my view. Most of the time, I mean, how do you teach your children to love prayer? You got to be a person that loves prayer. They, they pick that kind of stuff up really easily. See, the focus of training and teaching and discipling our children is to deepen and broaden their confidence in God. This is what keeps learning from leading to pride. It should keep learning from leading to pride, right? 
All true learning, all true knowledge reveals that we are dependent on God and must depend on him or we die. Knowledge then that leads to self-sufficiency rather than than dependence on God is not true knowledge. It's flawed knowledge. But the point of all knowledge is confidence in God. It's confidence in God. Hope in God, trust in God. God's the beginning and the goal of all of our training. But there's one final part of God's purpose in the parenting of our children and the guardianship that we have as a church. Number six is a life of obedience. You see that, right? Our confidence in God Rooted in the knowledge of God's story and truth and teachings, got to lead to life of obedience. Look at the second half of verse 7. It says, then they'll place their confidence in God. They will not forget the works of God, and they will obey his commands. When our children are confident in God, it's amazing. It's amazing what happens. They follow the commandments of God. Outward obedience isn't just going to be legalistic conformity to external pressures and expectations. It's the product of internal confidence in God. Not self-confidence, confidence in God. The reason outward obedience to God is the final goal of parenting because it externalizes the glory of God. Do you know what that means? It means then that you begin to showcase the essence of who God is because you believe in him, because you know him, because you trust him, because you have confidence in him. You reveal the external worth of God. But when we and our children right, are so confident in God that we gladly obey God's demands for love and justice, then the beauty and the worth and the wisdom and the love of and justice of God, it, it shines outward and it's contagious and that's why the world was created, that the knowledge of the glory of God might fill the earth the way the waters fill up the sea. That's right out of Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verse 14, you want to read that verse? It says, recognition of the Lord's sovereign majesty will fill the earth just as the waters fill up the sea. Now, we can pull this together actually pretty quickly. What does this have to do with me? See, no parents can do all of this without help. That's part of the beauty of God's new covenant community, the church, the help of others. This is why almost all other training efforts of the church exist actually for this kind of help. This is it right here. Because why? Because parents are the primary stewards of carrying out God's purposes with the next generation. And the next generation has to be equipped and trained and taught, you know this principle, right? It's amazing. Why do we have the man steak night? You know why we have the man steak night? Part of the reason is, is that men need to be challenged and motivated and trained to teach their boys to become men. Because we got a lot of boys in our culture and not very many men. Parents need help in keeping a God-centered vision of parenting alive. 
And if the church isn't the guardian of all of this, who's going to do this? It's not easy in the culture that we live in. Parents need this kind of help, right? Parents need a deep confidence in God. It's not easy. It's difficult. It's getting more difficult. Parents need motivation to preserve consistency. Parents need encouragement when everything seems to go wrong. Has that ever happened? Where you're just going, oh my gosh, what in the world is happening? There's nothing, I'm doing nothing right. That's when the church needs to come alongside. And parents need encouragement. Parents need relief occasionally from the strain of parenting. I say give them to Noah for a week and let them take him to camp. Because not only are they going to hear all that they should hear about Jesus, they're going to come back different people. I've, I, I guarantee you, I will give you all your money back if your kid comes back and said, that stunk, I don't want to do that again. Because it doesn't happen. That's how confident. I'll give it to you right out of my own pocket. Send them to camp. For crying out loud, we got a waiting list this year. And I've been all over Noah. Like, you better figure out a way to get all of them there. Well, go get me one that can. That's what a big deal this is. Go. It's not, if your kids aren't signed up for day camp, what are you doing? This is your chance to give them to Elizabeth. Parents need relief occasionally from the strain of parenting. Now, look, some of you need to help Elizabeth and Noah. So don't get me too wrong here. Parents need help in boiling down the truth of God into essential, transferable, age-appropriate training. If you don't know what that means, go talk to Doug Allen because he's got a little cooler right there that helps him do it every day, every Sunday. And some of you need to get your cooler out and sign up and help Elizabeth, right? Parents need help in teaching subjects and skills where, where they lack expertise and time. Some of you are just no good at math. So you need to go talk to other people and get some help with that. Parents need solutions to to tough problems raised by children and tough questions. Parenting is to be done in community. Don't ever think that it's not. It can't be done any other way, actually, in the Christ followers' lives. We're going to take, we're going to go to the Lord's table here in just a second. The band's going to come up and we're going to kind of conclude just real quickly. We have one last song and I want you to remember this. When you go to the Lord's Supper today, you know, this table is set aside for us to reflect and remember. It's to remind us of the centrality of God and our need for a way to be in relationship with God. It's a consistent reminder that God has given us. It's a part of the teaching and the story and the journey and the discipline. It all set aside for us by God that we should and we need to teach our children. Each and every week we do this to to be reminded and to be brought back to center. The centrality of God all exists right there at those tables in his death, burial, and resurrection. We're to celebrate his death until he comes. And so as your head's bowed this morning and Kevin's going to lead us through this song and you're going to be able to go and the guys will serve you and then they'll bring around a little receptacle. I want you to remember this. God is the center of all this and his story is contained in the Bible and we are to be stewards. We are 
guardians of these unbelievable treasures that God has given us. And somehow he trusts us like crazy because we have boatloads of them over there in classrooms right now. He's trusted us with so much today. And it's not just mom's responsibility. It's all of us. And it fulfills, when, when, when we're obedient to God, we fulfill this unbelievable mission that he has for us. This is how we reach people, by the way. Our children knowing and, and loving God and are confident in God so that they can tell the next generation. It's all a part of God's purpose and his plan. Lord God, as our heads are bowed before you today, I'm praying that we'll remember all kinds of things, but mostly our need for you. And we get distracted every day, every week, and we drift a little bit. Thank you for giving us this table to help us to remember and bring us back. We're here to do that because it's about you. It's not about us. Everything's about you. Help us to remember that today as we take the juice that represents your blood, the blood of your son, Jesus, that washes us clean, sets us free. Thank you for his body given for us to make a way for us in this bread. Help us to remember this, Lord God. We don't want to go through this flippantly. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go to the table, be patient with each other, come back, Kevin will lead us in a worship song.
darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. song you see how that song is like the centerpiece of who we are as Christ followers and our children it's got to be the centerpiece of their life that's our job that's our responsibility you know Linda and I have been gone for a couple of weeks and we got to see our kids and once in a while we take off and we we go visit them it's the coolest thing in the world I'm telling you my son is uh he's stationed he's in the navy he's stationed in Hawaii yeah He's been stationed in some pretty crummy places, but this is a good one, right? So we had to go see him. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of things to do in Hawaii. You know what he was most excited about sharing with us, though? Everything was planned around making sure that we got to go and visit their church. He wanted us to see where they worship. We're the center of their life, where it's all built around their small group and all the people. And, you know, we got there and we're walking up and and the pastor was with a bunch of people and it's a big church. And he comes beelining it over because he recognizes Mitchell and Becca. And he said, this is what he said straight up. He said, I want to meet your parents, Mitch. I know you're bringing them. I don't know. They haven't been going all that long. and And Mitchell and him already know he already knew that we were coming to visit Mitchell, of all the things. I mean, it's a bigger church than this by a long shot. He wanted to meet us. Why? He wanted to meet uh, the people that had invested their lives in teaching Mitchell and Becca the centrality of who God is. And do you understand? I'm not boasting, I'm, I'm, but I, I am super proud that that... that that the pastor of some church in Hawaii 
understands my kid loves God with all his heart, mind, and soul, and so does his wife. That's the most important thing to them. And that can be yours as well. That's our job is to produce those kinds of things. And it's not just about Lynn and I. My kids grew up in church and people like Matt Miller and Mark Miller and Noah Atkins and Brett Darling, those were my kids' small group leaders and Sunday school teachers and Sherry Van Fleet. All these people invested in my children. My children love God with all their heart, mind, and soul. I can walk on the beach in San Clemente, California and meet people that go to my daughter's church and they say, hey, I know you. You're Cammie's dad. How come? Because they're so in up to their neck in the things of God and serving in their small groups and Sunday school and foster care. Everybody in that community knows who they are. How come? And they know they belong to God and belong to Jesus. I'm telling you, that can be yours and my heritage in all of our children. I don't want any brown spots at Vail Christian Church. I want the lawn to be all green. And so it takes all of us, all this overlapping is a big deal. All of us have this kind of responsibility. I don't want any brown spots at Vail Christian Church. We're all in it, single people, grandparents. If you got kids or not, we're all in this. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoy being together today. Treat your mom really good today. Call her, love on her a little bit. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.